dwarves of Narnia are a rather particularly interesting creature, uh, uh, specifically the dwarves of the end of the series, because those dwarves are different uh, in certain aspects than the staunchly loyal creatures portrayed throughout the entirety of the novel, throughout the entirety of the series, rather. The dwarves have always been a staunchly Narnian creature. In the first book, they were still a staunchly loyal creature, only to uh, the Snow Witch um, the, of the title of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And it's, it's very interesting, and they've always been one of my favorite parts, especially that last little bit uh, that I read on Tuesday. has always been one of my absolute favorite parts of the book, um, the Last Battle, one of my absolute favorite books, one and one of the few books that I've read numerous times. And I've always wondered why that is, why it always struck me so much. And so I was reflecting on why that is. And it's it's because this is a tale of a cynic. It's an epitaph about cynicism in general in this last little bit. When Aslan says they are so afraid of being taken in that they cannot be taken out. And so, for me, I've always wondered, why does this story resonate with me so much? And I think it's because, especially these last months, this last portion of my life, when I've begun to get uh, more interested in politics and more interested in, in just the culture that surrounds us in general, I've found myself, as is kind of a natural conclusion of investing yourselves or, or becoming invested in, in the observation of politics, I've, I've watched myself become a cynic. And I would say this summer, I reread The Last Battle. And I am not embarrassed or afraid to admit that I cry at the end of that book. Uh, I've done it before, and I did it again. I, I won't say that I sobbed, because that's untrue. But I was definitely tearing up at the last bit and the parts that come after that story that I wrote. Uh, but I got... And every, every time I read that or, or listen to it, this last time I listened to it, and there was an amazing version of it done by pa Sir Patrick Stewart, and I, I just got goosebumps and my eyes started to tear up when I read, like, they, they are so afraid of being taken in that they cannot be taken out. And this is just, the, it's the tale of the cynic, and, and it's, it's the most classic story when it comes to this person, the people who are afraid of everything because there's so much fake news, one might call it. And, and these are the people to whom the boy cried wolf over and over and over again, and eventually they just decide, I'm not going to believe anything anymore because everybody's telling me there's wolves, but there's no wolves. Everyone's telling me this, but there is no that. And so they decide to believe no story at all. A very, very dangerous thing. Now, one might be able to say to me, particularly Jonathan, you preach constantly about not subscribing to ideas. Is this not the remedy for that? Questioning everything and, and not believing anything at all? A fair question. And one to which I would rejoin extremes of both end are always bad. As with everything in life, dogmatism is never a virtue. Dogma always in the end leads to a form of nihilism and skepticism and, one might say, extreme cynicism. Consider for a moment Ecclesiastes, something, a book that I, I go back to again and again, especially on this podcast, because it's truly just such a good book. 
Vanities of vanities, all is vanity, says the preacher. A nihilistic statement, if I ever have seen one. He goes on to say that I have tested everything with my mind. In other words, I have become the ultimate cynic. He says also that he has become a glutton because he's withheld nothing from his hand. But we are more concerned with the, the cynical part of him at this moment. He calls um, this act of cynicism, this I have tested everything with my mind, a grievous task to be afflicted with. And that word literally means burdened by. And I really, really like that choice of, uh, choice of words there, afflicted. So the preacher says that when one becomes the ultimate cynic, the natural effect is to become the ultimate nihilist. But why is that such a bad thing, though? What's wrong with being a nihilist? Well, nothing, I suppose. You can believe that if you want to, but what a way to live that is. I mean, am I right? Like, vanities of vanities, all is vanity? It sounds like a very easy way out if you ask me. You are obligated to nothing because nothing matters. Or you can take the narcissistic nihilistic route, the one of the Narnian dwarves. Nobody really knows what we know. Nobody knows that all of this around us, all of this this hearsay and talk of an Aslan coming back, of course Aslan isn't real, it's complete rubbish, but nobody else knows, but I owe no obligation to tell anybody else, because in the end, nothing matters, so I am conveniently locked away with this beautiful truth that all is vanity, and I have no obligations to anybody, because it doesn't matter anyways. And so that, that's ultimate narcissism talking that I am the only one who can bear this burden of the truth of nothingness. And we look out for ourselves now, they say. The dwarves are for the dwarves. They cry these things out over and over and over again. This is clinical level disenfranchisement. They are disenfranchised with everything because they are so afraid of being taken in that now they cannot be taken out, which is an extremely interesting idea to consider that uh, the, the realm of our imagination and our, and our free will is so powerful that, that in the story, even Aslan himself cannot take them out. And that's, that's the consequences of free will. And it's something that I think we take for granted a lot as human beings, the power of our imagination when combined with our, our free will. When we have decided without a doubt that nothing around us really matters that, and that I myself am burdened with this truth that nothing matters, that all is vanity then we can't we are, we lock ourselves in the prisons of our own imaginations and we don't want to get out because some part of us likes this feeling of exclusivity that comes with cynicism that's why um conspiracy theories are such a huge thing and that's why everybody all of the conspiracy theorists abandon an idea immediately when it gains wide uh wide attention when things are when Conspiracy theories are proved right. The people leave those ideas because the reason they like that is the love the it's the cynic in them that says no. I need to know, and I think cynicism goes hand in hand with narcissism, especially in this case. But the the cynic inside of them needs to say, I need to know something that nobody else knows. I need to be the one who's questioning everything. And when other people are also questioning this now, the narcissistic side of cynicism kicks them away from that idea. It just, that's why it, 
they attract a very particular type of person, this person who is prone to narcissism as well as this cynical concept, these cynical ideas that state that, no, 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 none of this is real. That's why I think, especially, and this is a rather fortuitous event that we just had our midterm elections uh, yesterday, uh, on the day that I'm recording this, two days ago from when it'll come out, and everybody immediately is doubting and they're cynical of this election result because we've already we've become disenfranchised based on the shenanigans that took place two years ago now. And and, and that also comes hand in hand with just political involvement at all leads you towards cynicism. And truly Ecclesiastes is honestly one of the remedies, is one of the cures for this cynical idea because Solomon or the preacher is saying, I have become the ultimate cynic. And I can say to you that it is a grievous task to be afflicted with, a grievous task upon which to be burdened by, is this idea of testing everything with your mind. Because and, and the, the problem is skepticism, a healthy dose of skepticism is not bad. It is okay to be skeptical of some ideas, but the difference is a skeptic is skeptic about a particular idea he is being presented with, when a cynic is skeptical of every single thing in which he comes in contact with and refuses to entertain ideas whatsoever that are outside of his realm of control. If he cannot control or manipulate that piece of information, then he will not entertain and he will not accept it and therefore is so convinced that only he can understand and grasp the truth that he can't he can't actually entertain new ideas because he can't because con- no human being can actually control what is truth because truth is reality and when you are cynical and skeptical thereby of everything around you then you actually cannot come to know truth and that is what uh that's what C.S. Lewis is saying when he's writing this. They're so afraid of being taken in that they cannot be taken out and shown that they are actually in the new Narnia. They're already there. And that's the danger of this skepticism and, and, and that, that level of cynicism, truly. And that is one of the reasons it leads to nihilism, because when you can never actually ascertain the truth, when you can never actually come to the truth, you begin to think, oh, well, everything is vanity. I've been testing all of these things with my mind, and my mind cannot figure it out. And therefore, the conclusion that my mind comes to is everything is vain. And that is why Solomon exhorts us and he tells us, listen, you must have faith. Faith is the cure for nihilism. Faith is the cure for cynicism. It's the evidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. That's why he says, have faith that your works have already been approved by God and all you need to do is walk that out. That is faith. Hoping and knowing deep down in your heart and your spirit that God has already um, approved your works and now all you have to do is walk that out. You can't let oil be lacking from your head, he says. And that is what um, that is what Solomon says is the cure for cynicism, just believing that God has already approved your works as long as you're living a life according to his word, according to his calling, believing your works are, uh, are approved and walking that out with God. And that is 
why I love this passage so much, telling us it's a warning that uh, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien actually talk about this before, and they, they both have this warning of cynicism because they're seeing at, at uh, World War II, there's lots of cynicism going on. There's a lot of political turmoil in this period, especially during World War II. This book, uh, The Last Battle, probably... I don't actually remember when it was written, but it was one of his later books. A lot of people don't know that uh, C.S. Lewis wrote Narnia at the very end of the Gathering of the Inklings, so there w- a lot of them weren't meeting anymore, um, and then he wrote this book. And it would have been close to the time of World War II when a lot of Christians were becoming very cynical, especially because of the, the political climate. It would have been very similar, actually, to what it is now. And so this was this book here, this end of this book, was a warning to to Christians because because you have to look at the context of the story. These dwarves are real Narnians; they're true Narnians, which is of course a type and shadow for Christians. So he's saying, Christians, you can't be so skeptical of anything. You have to maintain faith. You have to maintain faith that Aslan actually is real, and he's actually is coming to save the day. And that's what we can't lose sight of, especially in our current political climate right now today in 2022, when we see all of this dourness around us. And there was a lot of anticipation for a lot of Republicans to win in the elections, and they didn't. It it, it did not come to fruition as we had anticipated. So immediately, a lot of uh, conservative folks are going to get very down about this. They're going to get very down. A lot of Christians will get down because, for some reason, we have this misplaced hope in Republicans instead of in the kingdom of God. And we need to maintain our faith in the kingdom of God and the spirit that permeates our lives and that can permeate our lives. And that's what we need to attach our faith to, not to the Republicans, because that will, again, be a testing with the mind, not with the spirit, and it will lead towards cynicism. We have to stay away from cynicism because it leads to nihilism, and nihilism leads to narcissism, and it's like the, fun, uh, the, it's like the song, the drinking bones attached to the party bone, and the party bones attached to the stain. It's just this vicious cycle. It's a loop that all three of those things all go hand in hand, and the cure for those, the remedy for that, is literally is just faith. Faith in God and just living out the works. So this was a long episode for a dyadical thought, so I'm going to stop it right here. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this. Tune in on Saturday for the Food for Thought podcast, full-length episode. It's going to be great. I'm having an amazing guest on. I'm not going to spoil anything, though, so you'll find out probably on Friday tomorrow who that guest is going to be. But go ahead, leave a, a, a like and subscribe. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcast, share the show, uh, send it to somebody if you really got something out of this one. Um, and I will see you all on Saturday. Thank you.